Hello, welcome to episode 285 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. It's nice to see you on a Thursday night. It's sort of more usual time for doing this. Yeah, we're back to back to midweek. We're old. It's midweek. We're comfortable. You know, we're... <laughs> we can be in bed early. We don't have to stay up late on a Friday night or a Saturday to do it. So this, is, this feels more us, to be honest. <laughs> Our natural time slot yes. place. It's, it's the nights are fair drawing in, apparently. Well, <laughs> you know, they're not actually getting longer nights. So we'll they are getting longer, yeah. yeah. But I suppose yeah. the same applies. Nights are fair drawn in. They're still drawn in, but it's just taking longer to draw in. So, yeah. Yeah. No, nights are fair drawn in. You can see yeah. that. I'm still, yeah. I'm still very much a man who gets in before the street lights come on. That's, that's <laughs> my general rule of thumb now, <laughs> in case the youths come after me. It's like you and eight-year-old Richard are still living that same life. Yeah. I'm in the streets before the lights come on. It's <laughs> not a it's not a purge. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> um, what are you drinking tonight? You drinking anything of note? Um, I am drinking a pint of schnapps tonight. I mean, it literally is a pint of schnapps. It is, it is a, pint, a pint of schnapps. Um, water down with anything? <laughs> it's got lemonade in it. Um, <laughs> so it. It's a mixture of one quarter schnapps and three quarters lemonade. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, nice so, one. Nice one. Yeah, I, I thought I would have that. I just really wanted to show you my fancy glass. It's um, a very fancy Heineken glass that Colin... Um, Rescued from a local <laughs> It was in need of liberation. Yes. Um so yeah, it's a very cool glass. So that, that's why I'm drinking snaps. I've got beers in the fridge, but I really, really wanted to show you my glass. It's got, a very nice oh, glass. I could, it's just, you, could have, you could have put the beer in the glass. Fuck. Yeah. Like, it's a beer glass column. He likes to put a beer in the glass. <laughs> I never even thought. I just thought what could I put in this glass to, to have so I could show it to Richard? Do you help put snaps in it? Beer. That would make yeah. sense. Yeah. That would make sense, yeah. But I like but, your snaps. Well done. Next time, um, <laughs> what are you drinking? I, I'm, you won't like it. I'm drinking uh, Brewdog Guava, Hazy Jane Guava. Guava. Does it taste guava. like? What does guava taste like? I was going to say, does it taste like guava? But does anyone? Have you said I don't know. I can't think I've ever had guava not in a not in a juice. Exactly. It, it could taste because they mix it in many everything else, don't they? So it could, oh, could taste, it taste like. To me, it's a bit kind of it's like lilty. Like kind of pineapple. Yeah, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. Has it got pineapple on it? I'm going to assume because I don't think guava tastes like pineapple. I don't, know. I don't think it has got pineapple, but it has got that kind of like. I mean, to, <laughs> advertising works for me because it does have a totally tropical taste. You know, I'll ask Lorraine later on what guava tastes like. If anyone's tried guava, it'll be Lorraine. She'll she'll try guava. Yeah, I can't. I can't think I've ever had. I've not. I've never had a bite of guava. If that's, if that's what you're asking, you know, I've never had yeah. it. That I'm aware of. But, but maybe it's one of those things that you don't eat. On its own, because you get some it's stuff that's used, it's used yeah, as flavoring as opposed to munching on it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but I'll, I'll research this and I'll get back to you next week. Basically, we so. find out that guava is a staple food of sort of like half of like <laughs> half, half the world, and like everyone eats it. It's like we know nothing. <laughs> we know it tastes like milk. <laughs> yeah, you know, we think it tastes like milk. That's all I can think of. <laughs> so we'll start with some non-cinema viewing calling stuff I've watched at home on TV have you other than the thing we're going to talk about more at length because um, we both watched it have you seen anything else this week in the TV um, yeah I've watched I've started well one episode down of Little Demon um, which is an adult animation show um, starring Danny DeVito and his daughter I want to say Lucy DeVito Lucy DeVito yeah is what channel is it on uh, Disney Plus Disney Plus yeah yeah is it, it's on or is it Disney Plus maybe it's not maybe Disney, I think, yeah, that is Disney. Hi, um, the premise is um, that the teenage girl basically has her period um, and this makes her body turn into a demon and it transpires that her mum um, had sex with a devil and she's the daughter of the devil, so she's the Antichrist. Is Danny the devil? Yeah, yes, I've got a sneeze. Um, yeah, so Danny's the devil, his daughter plays his daughter, so there's quite a nice, you can kind of hear the chemistry there as well, and you're like, oh, it's like dad and daughter Jack. I, I saw them both on Jimmy Kimmel recently and they're, and they're doing like a sort of ask a question write the answer down and it's like how often they were like the same you know oh, kind of like, like Mr and Mrs almost yes like, kind yeah. of that That's, I turned into the game show and I think they both got quite a lot right they seem to have a lot of camaraderie between affinity each for each other oh that's yeah, sweet but it, but it seems to be a good show it's quite it's quite kind of yeah, it's got lots of bad language lots of violence nudity stuff like that do you know what I mean so it ticks all the kind of yeah. adult animation boxes really well but it, it seems yeah. quite well written quite kind of funny the gags are, are quite kind of quite, quite known you know what I mean as well so yeah check it out uh, a wee bit yeah anything else you've watched and uh, still cheers again but we've kind of try to finish cheers off as much as quick as we can so we're on to the last disc on the, maybe the second last season again yeah, there yeah. surely so I'm, I'm, I'm focused on cheers I'm still going to go to jail at some point Sam should have went to jail a long time ago. Yeah. A long, long time. <laughs> but it does me it makes me appreciate oh, how 
funny Woody Harrelson was even back in. Woody Harrelson's a very funny guy, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. He's, a, he's a, such a genuine actor as well. But do you know what I mean? It's just... what amazing he broke out of that role because like some people, yeah. could, some actors could be caught in like sort of what people know them as and never escape that. And it's actually showed a lot of like charm and um, like talent that he was able to break away from from it's that. Such, such a big way as well, because he's, he's yeah. became, I think. When you say Woody Harrelson to people, they, they won't instantly think, or most people wouldn't think of Woody Futures anymore. No, they wouldn't. No, he's that's, that's became the Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas you think of like say other, like you think of like say David Schwimmer, he's Ross from Friends, or Matthew yeah. Perry, or Joe, uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc, they're always or even Gillian Anderson's always Scully. Aye, from Exiles, yeah. David Gordon, he's always Mulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he's he's became his, his own entity. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is freaking good because look at the films he's given us as yeah. well. So. Crazy yeah, life, that, by the way, if you ever get a chance, he's like... I, I was looking at some of his dad is quite possibly involved in the JFK assassinations, maybe. That's a point, but he's always dad. You think his dad was... And then he was a murderer hitman for the mob. He killed a judge. So I think I'm executed for it. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking crazy. I'm sure Woody's popped up in a dollop episode at one point, because his dad was involved in it. Like, his dad, they tell the story of like, a judge, and that was the end point of the story, was... That's he was what killed, Woody Harrelson's dad. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I was killed, but I, I do love what celebrated stories there are, or just mental stories. Like Jack Nicholson one, do you know what I mean? Like his sister was his mum and stuff like that. Or was ah, it, you, like you grew up you, not knowing? Ah, not knowing. And you're just like, that's nuts, do you know what I mean? Like, fucking... But I, I suppose it just goes to show that anybody can be Hollywood, do you know what I mean? Regardless yeah, exactly. of your background, do you know what I mean? It doesn't fucking matter. Um, so. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, what, have, what have you watched? Well, we'll talk about things we've watched. The two things I've finished off this week are the two things that we're going to talk about at length. So we finished off Extraordinary. We did finish off Extraordinary. Yeah. It's on Disney Plus. It's a, film, it's a TV show, half hour sitcom, essentially, about um, a world where everyone gets superpowers. Um yeah. When they turn 18, one girl hasn't got them and she's trying to like find her way in life. The fact that she's like, you know, if she gets the powers, that'll sort of problems out. And it's, it's an analogy for growing up, you know, we all yeah. think we get yeah. the perfect life, the perfect house, and that'll make your life all better. So, and she's trying to struggle, basically, someone in their 20s struggling with life. Yeah, trying to find out who they are in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we might have watched six up until last week and we found yeah. two. Um, I thought it ended very strong as well. It did, yeah, like, one more proper, like, fuck off, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I want more now, do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to wait a year or whatever for more, so yeah, yeah. definitely did finish in a bang. Yeah. And I'm hoping because it, it does, I know it's all about superpowers, but it does seem relatively cheap to make. Yeah, yeah. It's not too flashy in it, really. No, it's, it's it's not like fucking Marvel levels of FX no. and the superpowers, I mean, they are quite, kind of, they're all quite simplistic. Um, yeah. the, the, the girl that does the channel and Whenever yeah. she's doing the channel, and her, her lip syncing is fucking brilliant. Yeah, the one Proper. in the sec- second last one she's playing, like when uh, she's talking to the king. Yeah, that was brilliant. I thought it was generally like proper Gollum. Like uh, yeah, I got that as well. Good. I was like, no way. I was so well done. But it's just when you watch her do that, really, and you're yeah. like, she she's just totally nailing it. But so the, the whole cast is good. They're all really really good actors and actresses in it. There's no one. There's no real no. weakness in it. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Even the kind of wee bit characters, you know, like the vigilantes and stuff like that, they just rock up, have fun, then they're off again. I mean, it's a brilliant wee show. Um, people should watch us. I think we can my tires, tires who plays Jen. She's definitely the standout. She's an absolute star in the making. I don't know. I think Jizzlord could be as well. <laughs> I do I do like him. There's something about him. He's got this weird... He's he got a weird Daniel Radcliffe energy. The, kind of Daniel Radcliffe, um, Toby Maguire. Kind of vibes. Bet, yeah. yeah, just weird vibes from him, but he's dead interesting. He's, just, what, he's got one of those faces I like where I'm like, that's a, a face I want to look at. Do you know what I mean? I want to try and figure out fucking. Very earnest, very sweet face. Yeah, yeah, totally. It looks like he's just constantly startled and bamboozled. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I want to watch you, man, in a big way. So, yeah. I, like, I thought, I thought Mary Tyler's playing the lead role. I thought she was yeah. fantastic. I thought she brought out every episode. Every episode hangs on her for the most part. Oh yeah, totally. She's like driving the whole thing, and she's shouldering it well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. She is fucking carrying it along. Um, but nice to maybe see some big names in there, bigger names maybe, more established. I mean, it'd be nice, but I don't think it needs it. You could also no. bring in some cameo stuff if you want to, mm. but um, I, I don't know if you need it to be honest. Like, what, like who do you want to bring in at that point? You know, what which makes sense? I don't know, somebody like Dylan Moran or something like that. I mean, just I mean that that would be possible. You could definitely have Dylan Moran like a Bill Bailey. Uh, you know, yeah, that kind of that. thing. I mean, not not like fucking movie stars. I mean, but, but like kind of maybe kind of, well established. 
Um, you know who does the dad's voice? Ado Hanlon. Ado Hanlon, yeah, yeah. I've got a feeling they do something eventually with someone who's got powers that allow them to turn into someone, and you might see Ado Hanlon at that point. Possibly, because it seems a shame just to waste them. On a voice. On a, on a voice, because he he's got that goofy face and that sweetness about him and stuff yeah. like that as well. Do you know what I mean? He definitely, he's got a presence that would yeah. draw people to it. Um, yeah. But no, thoroughly enjoyed it. Every episode was was brilliant. Each one left you wanting more as well. There was no kind of dips in it as well, I found. Nope. It was just very consistent. consistent. The, only, dip, the only dip for me was one with the cat show. I loved it. I thought it was... The, the I don't know it's kind of bit, I felt a not a waste of time, but I felt I was a little bit under on that one. Yeah, I know. We and Larry were on at the dance. We thought that was <laughs> fucking so well done. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was really, really good. I liked that. Oh. Yeah. But I'm really interested to see more of it. I just hope we don't have to wait too long or it doesn't get cancelled or something stupid like that. I think it's, I think, like I said, I think it's, it's a low enough budget because it's not, none of these powers are actually pretty showy and Disney has a lot of money. It's not cancelling shit like Netflix. If it was on Netflix, I'd be concerned for it. But being on Disney, I think it'll probably be a second season, at least. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, oh, um, just really quickly, I, I rewatched Wakanda Forever the other night because um, it's on Disney, and I thought we'll see how it is in the small screen. It's still shit. On the small yeah, screen. <laughs> it still doesn't hold up that well. No, it doesn't at all. I, I was I have, bored. I was so tuned out. I was like, this is dull. I have genuinely no desire to rewatch it. Nah, I don't. don't I can watch it about every Marvel film since Endgame. Mm. I've literally no desire to watch any of them. Even like the even people who love the Spider-Man film, I didn't really vibe on that at all. I've watched that a few times with Caleb. I do yeah. I do enjoy rewatch that, but Black Panther has no rewatch value at all, dude. Yeah. So it's just fucking amazing. Just the weaknesses are showing up even more when you watch it a second time. Yeah, it's, it's totally tuned out because it kind of was bored with once. You know what I mean? You're just you're even more so the second time around. You're yeah. just like this. It's just dross. Do you know I, mean? I think so I tried to rewatch Eternals. <laughs> Everyone was so I didn't like it, but everyone was raving mm. about it. No, they're trying to just, and I was like, no, nah, still not buying this. Still don't get it. No, do it for you. Yeah, Marvel yeah. need to pull their socks up. They need to do something so they're going to lose lose track a wee bit. Yeah, the TV stuff's been good, so that's, that's the thing. So, mm. um, but speaking of good TV, Colin, let's talk about the Last of Us. We've been talking about it every week for the last four weeks, and we'll yeah. So episode four was out this week, and um, this one a bit more of a traditional episode. Well, not traditional episode, but there's no flashback in it. There was no sort of other. There's really not that many tertiary characters. There's, there's, they bring in one new character into it, really. Mm. Um, Melanie Linsky pops up in it, who I'm very happy to see because I love Melanie Linsky. Who uh, is scary as fuck. Can I just point out? That's the thing. People were moaning that she wasn't scary. I'm going, ah, and people were moaning, going, this is what the post-apocalypse gives you now. It gives you these like mumsy figures, and it's like, where's the Sarah Hamilton's? And I'm like, Sarah Connors. I'm like going, she's fucking terrifying. Cause think, think of the shit she's done to get to that position of power. Yeah, yeah. That, I thought that respect is something that doesn't just, you know, yeah. accidentally happen. You just like for a reason, for sure. Yeah, so I actually found it really good at it. But this is basically, you know, um, oh, what's the name of the characters again? Ellie jo- and Joel and Ellie. Joel and Ellie are basically they're basically starting their journey across country. Really, this is sort of like the big. It, they've kind of got to a certain point, and then this is actually the big kind of move across country. I think the first year they're still pretty much localising the Boston We're area. Boston, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one they're actually making a journey across across the landscape, yeah. um, where they bump into some other people, and um, mm. we'll put it like that. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good ep- again, really good. Enjoyed all the banter between them and the car. I thought was brilliant. All the stuff with them in the vehicle was amazing. Yeah, so each, the banter gets better each week, doesn't it? It's like yeah. they're kind of just as they're growing as characters. You're kind of seeing it on the screen. Do you know what I mean? You're seeing that 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 kind of bond tightening. Yeah. Each week as well, which is like, which is brilliant. How, can you, how I can't read a map? Shut up! It's my second day in a car. <laughs> yeah, totally. I uh, just just to be back and forth, but she's yeah. she's really quirky as well. The character really she's, charming, she's yeah. playing it. Yeah, yeah, like the kind of jokes and stuff like that as well. They were. They were I like the fact that you can tell they've grown up in different worlds. He's grown up in a world like that we recognise, and she's grown up in a world that we don't recognise. So it's like there's two different kind of yeah. Things. Yeah. Um, the only thing I did think I would say about this, it does suffer slightly from being the episode that follows episode three. Yeah. Episode three, it's, it's it's you couldn't you couldn't maintain it that level. It was never going to be just no. as good as that. No. I think freeze the pinnacle so yeah. far for the show um, and yeah. It, yeah it's going to take something special to smash up but, but it, it, it wasn't a bad episode though no, I mean, it, it was, was absolutely, absolutely stunning well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's laying some groundwork for thinking I think obviously the stuff with the Melanie Linsky character yeah um, will become bigger 
as the show goes on. But I don't know if you can be like a two or three episode arc she's in or how long yeah. she's in it for, but she's always got a character of note. Yeah, there's a callback somewhere, definitely. Yeah. It's, going to, it, it's going to happen. Um, so it's quite a sad episode as well, just seeing the kid kind of losing, <coughs> losing a bit of an innocence, do you know what I mean, as well? But I won't yeah. spoil how, but yeah, that was yeah. quite kind of sad, do you know what I mean? Uh, seeing that was quite kind of, oh, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, I guess it had to happen eventually, but it was like, oh, don't. I, <coughs> I like how they felt a stuff in about, like, you, you don't ever see it. They felt a stuff in about Joel's back life, when it's sort of something along the lines of, she asked him, how did you know that was an ambush? Yeah, I've like, been on both sides, so you get the you get the idea that you know he's not a nice guy at times. He has been a yeah, guy with nasty stuff to survive, questionable stuff. But I, uh-huh. you, you don't need to know the details. Just yeah, that's, that's enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But unless a show, unless a show will be showing you that, and it's like we don't need that. That line's enough to get you away. Yeah, with it. totally. Uh, he his character is really good. He's playing the character well. Do you know what I mean he's got the right, he's he's got that right kind of tough and vulnerability about him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> both are just there, just. Perfectly balanced, I think. Yeah, it is upsetting yeah. no matter how bad his situation is, he still looks completely fuckable. Always. Yeah. Always. It's, it's o- always. Upset. Even when he's doing the Mandalorian, he's wearing that helmet and all that, just you hear yeah. the voice and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's just, the man's got it. So his, yeah. Have you seen, buckets. have you watched them do the Saturday Night Live sketch yet? No. They do, he's done, it was on, I think he was hosting Saturday Night Live this week, so they do, he does all the sketches as well with them. Yeah. And it, it's basically The Last of Us, but it's like, it's Mario, it's called Mario Kart, and it's like he's dressed as Mario, and it's to do itself in the style of The Last of Us. Right. And it's like Mario going cross country to sign, try and save Princess Peach. <laughs> it's like, it's, Saturday Night Live is hit and miss. It, it's not really mm. been great consistently for a long time. Yeah. But when you do hit a great idea they do absolutely smash yeah, an idea really I have I've actually stumbled across that a few times in the past couple of years and yeah I've been like watching thinking this isn't the Saturday Night Live I remember no. for, like the 80s and maybe 90s as well do you know what I mean yeah. it's definitely but I guess they bring in new people and I don't know about them so you're like <laughs> that's it yeah but they do hit it well and this is like find that it's like it's Saturday Night Live it's Mario Kart with um, with Pedro um, Pascal Pedro Pascal very funny very um, well done. And I'm might looking, possibly be a better Mario movie than is going to come out in the next couple of months, to be honest. I'm looking forward to the Mario movie. I know you are. I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all on for it. But um, yeah, I'll check, I'll check that out later. <coughs> a wee fun watch for me. I'll be nosy when we've done here. Six or seven minutes, but very funny. Um, so let's move on to some movies, Colsey. Um, I'll start with mine. first one I've watched this week was one that's in cinema. It's called Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. <sighs> Directed by Joel Crawford and co-directed by Jan, uh, Janelle Mercado. Mac- He's co-director. Uh, Joel Crawford directed The Crudes, A New Age. So okay. let's just see. Expectation for this was not high, you know, based on that. And also it's just, what, the third, the second sequel to Puss in Boots. Second Puss in Boots film. Second Puss in Boots. And it's the seventh for something in the Shrek, Shrek franchise? There's four Shrek movies plus Puss in Boots plus this. So not five, six? So four? I think that's four. Yeah, okay. Cool. I might be wrong. But anyway, let's just say it's not exactly riding high in what we expected. Um, the plot of this one is Puss is going through a crisis of conscience because he has basically lost eight of his nine lives. Okay. And so now he becomes a panicked Puss. Because he dies, he dies. He's... He dies, he dies. Yeah. He's, he also finds out there's a way to save himself or get more wish, get more lives if he can find the fallen star that has the wish upon a star. So essentially the star that we all see, you know, you wish upon a star. The, the Disney star, basically. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can find that. You can make one wish, so he can get more, all his lives back, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. At the same time, you've got Goldilocks and Three Bears. Um, they're now sort of, sort of like a bunch of gangsters. Um, so Goldilocks is the sort of the head and the bears are the sort of her henchmen. Um, she's travelling across, across country trying to find this as well. Um, at the same time, there's also another cat trying to find it, whose name I can't remember. Um, but it's an ex-lover of Puss in Boots, which I feel, feel weird saying that phrase, but that's basically what they are. Is, I've got images in my head now that yeah. I wasn't expecting tonight, thanks. Um, yep, um, and they're all trying to find this, this star. The, the star? The star. Kids um, stuff, so it is. The kids simple. film. Yeah. Um, in the film, you've got Antonio Banderas playing Puss. Puss. Again, I'm amazed that Puss in Boots is not like his bat, that, that's his name, like, like, That's his name, yeah, Puss. Yeah. Puss Boots, yeah, like I thought his name would be Puss in Boots, but like the way like, Bruce Wayne's name is Batman when he's Batman, but he'd have another name. No, he's, he's no. just 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Salma Hayek playing the, the sexy cat that Banderas fell for, obviously, because she's Salma Hayek. And that's yeah. What you want. You, you um, yeah. Florence Pugh plays um, Goldilocks. That's okay. cool. Yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman plays Mama Bear. Ray Winston plays like Daddy Bear. And you've got John Mulaney popping in as... Baby Bear. No, it's... um. Can't remember who played Baby Bear. I've seen him. He's in a few things I've seen recently. I can't remember his name now, though. John Mulaney plays... Who puts his finger on the plum? Or, uh, plum oh, Jack, Jack Corner. Jack Corner. So he plays yeah. Big Jack Corner. Okay, he's not little Jack Corner. <laughs> no, well, well, he is. Someone called it, but he's now Big Jack Corner. He's a big gangster. That's right, okay. of it. <laughs> um, so, like I said, Colin, expectations were low for this. Going in to see this. Yeah. And, got to say, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, a genuinely fantastic watch. Like, entertaining <laughs> from the first moment. It uses... It, well, just say, it's, it's way better than we ever had any expectation of. There's absolutely no reason to expect the sixth film and, like, the Shrek series would be in any way good. And, it, and it's been released with, like, almost no fanfare, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it's just, there you go. Have a, yeah. yeah. I had an absolute joyous time watching this because, like, the animation is brilliant. The animation is... It does a little bit like Spider-Man into Spider-Verse stuff, like, mixing the animation style at times. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah so it looks, really, it looks awesome. Um, the opening couple of scenes are basically, like, puss... In that Spider-Man, Spider-Verse animation fighting, remember the scene in Hellboy 2, the big kind of like forest tree monster? Yeah, yeah. Fighting that. Okay. It's pretty, totally badass. Um, so the animation blends throughout it, which I thought was amazing. That really kept my interest as well. And also it does what me and you always moan about that animation films don't do. It has so many jokes for like you. Yeah, I don't and like over the kids' heads. Oh, there's an entire Apocalypse Now series of jokes, but it's okay. played absolutely straight. And you're like, are they doing, Ap- like, are they doing Apocalypse Now? And it's like, they, then, then as you're watching, then they start playing The End by the Doors, but in Spanish. Like, yeah. Going, they are doing an Apocalypse yeah. Now rip off. <laughs> but, but then, I'm not surprised that you're saying this because every Shrek film. They, they, they do kind of there is diminishing returns towards the end but yeah. I think every Shrek film is well done and I, I like all of them and <laughs> the, the, the first person boots was great as well though I wasn't a fan of the first person but I thought it was kind of boring a bit of cash in yeah I, I didn't mind about the Shrek films even the bad ones are I would say passable do you know what I mean they're, they're, they're decent I think I would say it's up there with Shrek too yeah it's been like sort of the best of this series I thought I genuinely had a great time watching it so many jokes for adults there's a lot of the kind of Goldilocks three bear story is a little bit kind of kiddie and it's a little bit kind of I do lose a little bit of interest with that a wee bit. Yeah. Um, but the voice cast, all excellent. Banderas, he seems to have a lot of love for this character and he seems yeah. to enjoy playing it. Having fun, you can hear the, <coughs> the fun there. Right. Yeah. Um, the only person I thought I thought Florence she was a little bit miscast. Yeah. She's playing it kind of like kind of Cockney. They're all kind of Cockney bears and she's Cockney as well and it just felt I didn't feel I didn't buy. Florence Pugh doing that voice, to be honest. Yeah. Oh. If they made Olivia Coleman do it somehow, where I felt that would made more sense, and rather than her playing the mama bear. Yeah. But yeah, doing it like, all a, like, a, like an older Goldilocks. Yeah. yeah. That actually made more sense, rather than Goldilocks, like young Goldilocks. Anyway, that's it's a side. It's a, it's a minor, a minor niggles, indeed, so. Like I said, for what I was expecting this film to be, to what it actually was, I had an absolutely great time. I thoroughly enjoyed the fuck out of it. Was there was there an audience? Yeah, I mean it was mainly kids, but it's like mm. everyone seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, but but Jill, did she enjoy it as well? She enjoyed the hell of it as well. Like but generally, like honestly, maybe it's maybe it's not as good as I think it was, but just the expectation was so low. Yeah, the, the, I've I've read well, the the first review I read was a Guardian review and that panned it, but then I was looking at critic reviews now on DB and people are losing their shit for it. They love it. People are yeah. like, wow, just what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like when in. Kind of not really expecting anything came out like, like wow. I mean, that was, was um, like such like such a well done film. You're watching, going like I'm really enjoying watching this. Yeah. I'm not I'll, waiting for the end. I'm not. It's not like a kids film. You're trying to like, go, geez, this is still getting our good bit to go. I want you this to end. I was enjoying the full film all the way through. Oh no, I need to go and see it now, don't I? You're you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you're it's, it's so much fun. Yes. I do like you, Dad. I went to see the last Minions movie, and I really enjoyed that as well. I yeah. think if it's done right, I mean, it just draws you in. Yeah, it's like as watchable as anything else you'll see. Do you know what I mean? Like, fucking... Like, continually throughout it. 
And like I said, the apocalypse now, but I thought it was just absolutely fucking inspired. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it plays it absolutely, like, totally straight and perfect. Yeah, it's like, that is genius. It's like, really well, it's so clever. Oh, man, right, you're a fucker, I need to go and see this. Um, what would you give it a 10? 7.5 out of 10. That's a good score. Yeah. That's a 10 out of winner so far. So, so it, might, it might end up being the winner overall. Um, quick, <laughs> quick one that I saw on Amazon Prime, which is On The Line, which is directed by Roman Bologna, who's a Frenchman, um, directed the film Connectors. And this is um, based on his short um, film called Talk. It's essentially, it's a radio shock jock, kind of like, almost like a bit of a, like a, like a nasty Frasier. He's like, okay. he's like yeah. sort of late night type thing, you know, tell me your problems type thing. Um, but likes to say things that we'd be getting into trouble and things like that. And he seems a bit like a better person. Like he's on Frasier was, was Howard Stern almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's on Mike doing his normal thing. And he's a call through saying, basically, I've got your family. If you don't do what I say, I'm going to kill them. Okay, that's interesting. The film goes yeah. from there. That, that's, just, that's the premise of the film. Yeah. Okay. So in the film, you've got, well, you've got Big Bad Mental Mel. Big Bad Mental Mel. We've had this conversation before. Yep. It's like, you know, either forgive the guy or fucking condemn him. Don't, you know, you, yeah. fucking pick a side. Do you know I mean? Jesus yeah. Christ. You've also got um, people on it. No one else will know. you got um, William Mosley, Alia Sear O'Neill, um, Paul Sperra, and, well, one person knows Kevin Dillon. Oh yeah, I know Kevin Dillon. Yeah. He's got a small role in it as well. The, the, um, lesser, the lesser known Dillon. The lesser known Dillon, yeah. <laughs> um, though he is in Platoon. He is in Platoon, not as a very big part, but he is in, he is yeah. in Platoon. Yeah. Um, this is a very low value action thriller um, that's possibly a victim of its budget. Like it's trying to do what Phone Booth and that one with Jake Gyllenhaal did, The Call. Mm. It basically contains all the drama to essentially one Studio, yeah, it's just not, a sound booth almost. Yeah. Not all the sound booth, it's all maybe in the building, but like the sort of radio building, it's all right. like that. So it's obviously because like you hear like things happen that you only hear, you don't see. Like oh, that was a big explosion! Like all we heard was like a yeah. bit of boom. We'll you know? take, we'll take your word for it. Take word for it. Yeah, that kind of thing. So it's definitely a victim of its of its of its um budget. Um, it has got a fucking horrendous ending, like a genuinely embarrassingly bad ending. Well, okay. It was like cringe worthy like going like this is that is that's bad. Do you think they just ran out of steam or did they yeah. think they were making a good end? I think they were trying to make something clever, but it doesn't work. You go nothing about what you've set up in the previous eighty nine minutes sells that last ten minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, pretty man. Absolutely that's horrendous. Nice. Um I think Mel maybe deserves this movie purgatory for what he's done. Think, do you think this is his punishment? Is is kind of B movie yeah, hell? Shit films, yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's still start. It's still to me, sad, you know, a guy who was one of the most charismatic people on film, like a yeah, genuine yeah. movie star. And then this, yeah. you look at me, he is a movie star. You see him, he's got a movie star, like sort of look about him. So you can see him. Yeah, I mean, he's still Mel Gibson. Uh huh. Do you know what I mean that, that that's? He's always yeah, going to be Braveheart or yeah, he's not a nice person, yeah. He's really not a nice person, so maybe this is what he deserves to be in these kind of really bad films. You know, 20 years ago, Mel would have even looked at this film. Oh, yeah, totally. No, I'm fucking making Braveheart 2, where you go. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not touching this. So the fact that he's having to have to demean himself to do this kind of stuff is like, maybe that's what he deserved. Yeah. Um, he's still, <laughs> probably still have a decent paycheck for it, um, but I really didn't enjoy it. I thought... The premise oh. of what it was trying to be ran out of steam very quickly, and it definitely it became kind of dull watching it. And they're going, they're not going to leave this room because they can't, because they have no budget to leave the room. Yeah, they're kind of fucking limited to what they can actually afford yeah. to do with us. Yeah. And then the ending had me fucking enraged. Not enraged. It's going to go just that's a bad ending. That's someone needs to get our pass at that script. Um, so I will give on the line, which is on Amazon Prime, three out of ten. Oh, I'm not going to watch that. No, don't watch that. I'm not. So so far, no. I'm watching Puss in Boots and a trailer. I'm not trailing a YouTube thing for Saturday Night Live. Bad that you watched so far, yeah. And the last one I'll talk about, Colin, before we talk about one that you've seen is a film. In fact, not one you've seen. You saw Knock at the Cabin. I did see Knock at the Cabin. Um, I have not seen properly yet. I will watch it um, tomorrow. I'm going to see it. I'm supposed to go tonight, but couldn't go tonight. So, cool. I'll skip over it and then we'll go into more depth. Next week. No but spoilers. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. I, I think I would end with kind of expectations anyway because N.H. Harmon's like. 
he's, he's probably one of the most divisive filmmakers out there. Do you know what I mean? It's, well, that's what I hear. I definitely agree. People seem yeah. to really either love, hate him, or and, and want, to, want to be angry towards him. I think we discussed that last week a lot. Yeah, 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 which I think is a shame. Um, and it's a shame that he needs to prove himself again and again and again as well. Um, and this, he's done it with us, I, I feel. I kind of went in expecting something good from Shelman anyway. You know, he's a clever guy, he writes well. Um, and I was totally like, wow, this is much, much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the premise is um, <coughs> these four strangers rock up to a cabin. Um, this was a couple of, in it with a kid. Yeah, yeah, so rock up to the cabin. Um, there's a, a gay couple with a kid in the cabin. They come into the cabin and basically say, you just need to make a really horrible choice mm. to stop the apocalypse. Um, yeah. I won't say any more than that. And it just kind of spirals through there. It's quite, it's quite a slow burn film. Um, it's quite yeah, talky. It um, single location again. Mm-hmm. All set in one place. A few flashbacks and stuff for that, but predominantly just set in the cabin. Um, really kind of talky and just performance driven. Um, particularly by Dave Batista. Batista, yeah, he's excellent. It. He's absolutely a revelation. In it. It's like this. This is the finest I've seen him. He's mm. spot on. I mean, when you think this is a guy that plays Drax and he used to be a wrestler and he's been in some questionable Sky movies that we've seen and stuff like that. Um, he I can just, act. Though. You see him in all things. He, yeah, he, yeah. He, he has got an acting ability. You see him. He's playing Drax. There's a choice in what he's doing when he's playing Drax. Oh, yeah, he's not yeah. just simply being a bad actor. You've got to play that role, certainly. Yeah. Um, he is another few other things. You go, he, he's definitely got some chops about him. Yeah, you know, he's he not just doing the same thing. So, I, I, as much as I was surprised he was very good in this, in this I wasn't overly surprised because I feel yeah. like he has got it in him. No, I think Shireman knows what, how to use him, what yeah. he can do with him. And, and do you know what I mean? He's playing away from the Batista we know. And yeah. he, he does it well. Ben Batista yeah. just he drinks it up and you see it in the performance. It's such a brilliant, brilliant performance. Um I didn't really recognise anyone else. Rupert Grant was in it briefly. Oh. Recognise him. Um I, I like Rupert Grant as an actor. People give him a hard time and I don't know why. Um I don't remember that one we watched, the one with um Shia Booth in it, where they end up going on a kid drug adventures and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was in that as just a mad pill popper and stuff like that. I like him we Rupert, I think he gets he gets a, a Bad press for no reason at all. Um, but he rocks um, up in this. And... Jonathan Groff's in it as well. He's pretty famous. Don't know who he is. Who's he? He is the voice of Christoph in Frozen. All right, okay, cool, cool. He's in Major Revolutions as well. He's also very famous for being uh, King George in Hamilton on stage. Right, okay, cool, cool. I don't know who he is in the film. Yeah, he's the other. He's one of the guys whose kid it is. Right, okay, cool. Eric, I believe his name is. Yeah, I know who you mean. I've got you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but overall, utterly impressed, completely. I won't kind of spoil it with twists and stuff like that because it's mm. Shia and Jeremy's. Everyone's expecting a wee bit of magic there and stuff like that. But you see, you're going to see it tomorrow. I look forward to going into more detail next, next week about it. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you're going to enjoy this one a lot, sir. Um, I scored it um at eight out of ten. Nice. I'm I'm generally looking forward. To it. I've got the book as well. I don't know because I've recently read Bullet Train the book after seeing the film you said and that, yeah. didn't enjoy the book as much because essentially I was amazed at how much the film took from the book you know so it, it, I think I've heard Knock at the Cabin they, they do change a lot in the yeah, film yeah I've it's read the, the, the beats are all there and it follows the book to a certain point where it just goes in its own path and I think Charlemagne I and mean, I was in an interview saying he, he chose to do that like yeah. in his mind he didn't want to just do the book and he's seen in his mind this is how I've got to do it, so he's definitely got. Yeah, he's got his vision. Yeah, yeah. So, and I know the difference. I read. I was kind of looking at reviews, and it kind of says this happened in the book, this didn't happen, and he's he's made some bold bold changes, but I think they work for the the narrative he's using. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Something so one you will enjoy very much. So I think so. If it was the film, I would like. It does feel up right up my street. Definitely. Um, well, I thought about another one I saw at the cinema this week, Colin, but I couldn't get to see um, Cabin, Knock at the Cabin because just kind of timings. I saw Plane, um, directed by Jean-Francois Richet, who directed a film called Miserine 1 and 2. Also the remake of Assault in Precinct 13, which I didn't think was as bad as a lot of people made it out to be. I, I don't quite think I've it. seen the remake, actually. Got Ethan Hawke in it. Ethan Hawke is good, isn't And it? Um, Big Larry. Really? Big Fishburne's in it as well. I'm sure it's Big Larry Fishburne in it, isn't it? Yeah, he plays That's in it as well. Yeah, you can kind of see those two casting. It makes sense, actually. That, that, yeah. That would, that would um, 
it, I think it, from what I remember, it got an absolute, not a panning, but it was definitely underwhelming when it first came out. Um, but I remember thinking, for all the John Carpenter remakes that they that do come out, yeah. this was kind of one, of, it felt like it was closest to the sort of, if not as good as the original, but the ethos and the sort of the, the, the feel of the original. Um, yeah, the, it's got Ethan Hawke, Larry Fishburne, Gabriel Byrne, Maria Bello, John Leguizamo, Brian Dennehy. Fucking decent cast as well, and yeah. that's solid actors all of them, yeah. do you know what I mean? If you get Kim Coates from... Um, from Sons. Well, yeah. well, yes. If you get a chance to... F- I don't know where it's available, but if you get a chance to find the remake with Silent Priest and Thirteen, I think it's one of those films where maybe the expectation when it first came out was too high. Yeah. Watching yeah. it now, you might appreciate it more. More. Plus, I don't really remember much about the original, so maybe that helps as well, because then you get to move out that, that comparison that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah anyway. And he also directed a film called Blood Father, which I actually really enjoyed. One, another one with Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, we both seen that in the cinema, I believe, didn't we? I think we remember both enjoyed it. We did quite enjoy it, yeah. yeah. Yes. More, more than we should have enjoyed the Mel Gibson film, but. Yeah, but the premise Guil- was a good premise. And I'm Guil- guilty pleasures, no, yeah. <laughs> so, on to Plane. Plane is um, basically two pilots on a, on a flight, very sparsely populated flight because it's a, a New Year's Eve fight, which I think is quite clever. You know, don't want a full plane, just get yeah, the minimal yeah. casting. Just, just enough. COVID and all that. Yeah. yeah. yeah plane gets struck by lightning, have to crash land, crash land on an island somewhere in like sort of the Philippines. And um, just so happens the Philippine island to crash on is run by pirates who basically come after the 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 um, airline passengers and take mm-hmm. them hostage in order to ransom them. Um, luckily, the pilot and one of the passengers able to free them because one of the pilots is an RAF officer and one of the passengers who managed to escape is going to jail is done for homicide I believe it is but he's also ex-French Foreign Legion of course, um, of course he is so all this, he has all the skills and they go about trying to rescue the hostages um, sounds like every other action movie I've ever yes, seen it's a throwback. Possibly. <laughs> in the film you've got Scotland's finest Jerry Butler playing Scottish in this is he doing his, his own accent? I don't like when he does that weird accent. He well, gets a weird stroke face who, on him. I was talking to people who watched this and they went, what accent was he doing? It's like, because he basically, he gets he goes Scottish twice in the whole film. And then the rest of the time he's just talking, he's sort of like, you know, slightly twangish mid-Atlantic accent that he does. <laughs> Why? So, I don't know, because the only time he goes Scottish is when someone accuses him, or, um, asks him, makes me basically... He gets angry at the English for like about a minute. Right, and okay. Really Scottish, which as we all are prone to do at times. Yeah, 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 it does happen. Yeah. <laughs> and other times when some, he, he asks his daughter to make sure there's haggis, neeps and tatties ready for him when he gets home. He goes full Scottish at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange choice, but it just to pick these. So I'm just going to hear and hear that. That's it, that's it. There's a time. Can I just go, what the fuck, bud? Whatever, Jerry, you do that. Yeah, it very much, Jerry, he's been, he's been Jerry Butler. You know what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. Uh, you also get Mike Coulter from Luke Cage. He pops up oh, in as well. And also a bunch of people I don't really know. So Yeeson Ang and Tony Goldwyn are in it. Um, Evan, Dane, Evan Dane Taylor and Paul Ben Richter. These are sort of all people on the play. These are sort of the biggest names in terms of like in the cat of characters in it, but I don't really know them from much. Yeah. Um, it's very predictable as an action movie, but it's enjoyable. Like it's very much a throwback to something you might have seen. In it. This feels feels like it was written in the nineties. Yeah. Um. It's like one of those kind of like a kind of B movie action flick that we probably in the cinemas like twenty years ago. Probably now would be on VOD, but I think it's at a slight nudge above VOD. Maybe not much, but just above I'd VOD. Enough to justify that ten quid ticket. Yes, it's yeah. it's a very enjoyable Friday night movie. It's like an hour and. 35 minutes or something like that, so it moves along at total pace. Um, we, 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 we sometimes have a laugh at Jerry Butler, maybe something's not always with him, maybe at him a little bit, but he yeah. knows what he's doing, he knows, his, he knows his persona, he knows what he can do on screen, and he does it very well. Yeah, he's, he's Jerry Butler, he's an older guy now, and he's embracing that Liam Neeson kind of, you know. Yeah. Older action hero. Yeah, so he, he knows, knows he, he knows he's not doing Oscar winning work. He knows he's not doing stuff that's going to be like remembered as sort of the great cinematic feats of history. Mm. But it's stuff that is, for the most part, pretty enjoyable for yeah. the ninety minutes you're watching it. Which is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. Um, 
But Jerry Butler's good at that. He's mastered that, like making these, like fucking London has fallen, Olympus has fallen. Oh, it just, he does that. So he rocks up, 90 minutes, two years max, yeah. lots of action, boom, done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you can do it every now and again, something comes out of surprise. Like Greenland surprised us how, how good Greenland was. Um, this is very much more in the sort of Angel has fallen, Olympus has fallen. It's not anywhere near as stupid as Geostorm, which. I don't was... think anything is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that, I, moon, that moonfall, possibly, but yeah, yeah. I have a really soft spot for Geostorm. It was so ridiculously stupid that I actually found myself enjoying it immensely throughout it. But that's not why you should be enjoying it, so. But when someone has a line in it that says, sorry I'm late, I was coming back from space. That's, like... <laughs> that's some clever writing. That's, that's, that's known when you're writing that, Jeremy, and you're like, yeah, that's oh, yeah. fucking... You, you write that to take the day off after that. To- totally, yeah. like, I'm, I'm done for the day, boys. Here you go. Here's my check. <laughs> <laughs> so this plane keeps moving at a decent pace, never really stops, so it holds your interest. When you look back and you go, does any of that make sense? Probably not. No. Um, there's not a single female role of note, so it's pretty much a. It's, it's, there's testosterone flying around the point you it. Um, everyone's kind of, you know, very much showing their their, their, their their male A game. Coulter was actually pretty decent as well. I enjoyed him. He's he's not like a, he, to me. He's always felt much like a TV actor. Mm. You know, he, I don't, he stepped up to the big screen and yeah, he didn't, he didn't do well. He, he sort of brought brought something to it. Um, none of the passengers get any time to like sort of establish a character or any sort of like caring about them, um, which I think is one of the things that maybe a great film like, of this. The ones you remember like back on like Conair and stuff like that. The the passengers think like they have a story where you begin to care for them. You yeah, you, you're invested in what happens to yeah. them. If you don't care, then you'll let, yeah, let them fucking die. Well, that's the thing. Some of them, some of them unfortunately, do get dispatched during the yeah. film. I don't have any caring. I don't care they get they killed. It's just sort of like, they're gone. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. You know, so... But yeah, it's... For what it is, it's a 90-minute action movie, and I grew up watching 90-minute action movies, so... That's the dice, so yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot to enjoy here. Is it... The smartest, cleverest version of it? Absolutely not. No. But for a Friday night movie, when it's when it's eventually it went to land on like Netflix or Amazon or something. If you look for something to watch on a Friday night when you're lying on the couch at like eleven o'clock at night and you want something like that, perfect for that. But then it's like it, it action movies are meant to thrill you, do you know what I mean? If they do that, tick, yeah. box, do you know I mean done, happy and that's it. And yeah. again, but what does that? Do you know I mean these yeah. films are always they're quite thrilling. I mean, they're yeah. exciting, and that's, that's all you, all you The only thing I would say I'd be quite irritated about it was, well, not like a few things. Number one, they've a side story about the owners of the plane and the airline company trying to find the people with passengers. Totally could have done without it. Didn't care about it at all. Um, also, that, like I said before, no female presence whatsoever. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me that really irritated me a little bit was it was a violent film without a commitment to the violence. Always no, it was. Did they show you the death blows? Doing yeah. get to a twelve or maybe at most a fifteen. I don't know what it was here. Maybe a twelve here. But you feel like you want to just go maybe. for a full on, get an eighteen and go full out for it. But then if they do that, I'll go to the cinema and I'll completely die because no one will go and see it. They try to get all the audience in. So I always have more of a problem with we talked about before where violence without consequence to me is worse than something that's insanely violent. Yeah, yeah. Because when you see the violence, that's what makes you recoil and think. Fuck, you know that that's horrific. When yeah. you don't see it, yeah, it just becomes a video game. Do you know what I mean, yeah, I don't care. that's it. It's Tom yeah. and Jerry at that point, you know. When yeah. there's, right, so that's maybe. So there's clearly a cut of this film where there was an 18 version of it. Yeah. But they've cut around it enough to make it and like sanitised it down to yes. fucking teenagers basically. Yeah. Sure what, I don't know if it was a 12 or a 15. I have to check that out, but I can't really remember to be honest. Um, just know your journey. Should be a fifth. I'd probably say. I'd probably push say it be a 15. Just because there's a few scenes that I imagine it would, like, there's a bit more violence than we'd be happy with in the 12. I yeah. Say. But there's no sexual violence, from what I remember, but there's there's definitely sort of, you see sort of body blows and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'd be surprised if it, if it, if it It's a 15 over here, so it might be, it might be a kind of PG-13 stateside, possibly. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. But it's 15 is, I would say it's 15 is barely earned. But I like to see a version that went to an 18. Because I think yeah. that would have been a really enjoyable, like a more, it had been a niche audience, but I think the audience would have enjoyed it more. Um, sad thing is, is with films for this kind of 
not in a shit wee bit low ilk tend not to get director's cuts and stuff like that. You tend to be that's the film deal with. No, it won't be, but I know there are yeah. probably a cut somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it would have. To be a better film for it. <coughs> I would give but it a 6 out of 10. 6 isn't too bad. Old Jerry no. Butler's a, he, he's, he's a happy 6 average, Jerry, isn't he? Yeah, very, av- very average enjoyable, I would say. Rocks your socks and then off he goes again to the next exactly. adventure. He'll come back and he'll do another one similar to this and I'll probably go and watch that as well and enjoy it in much the same way. And we'll have the same conversation we've probably, all about, yeah. about Jerry because we do love Jerry. He's, he's, one, he's one of us. He's, you he's, think as well, if you think it like back, like even guys like say like Arnie and Stallone and um, like Van Damme and all that, they churned out shit like this as well. Oh yeah, yeah, like fucking kickboxers dreadful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody loves it. Oh, do you know? Do you know they're making Roadhouse? A remake of Roadhouse? Who's, who's playing the, the, the major roles? I want to say Jake Gyllenhaal. Chris Christopherson roles? Or is he playing the... No, I think, I, I'd imagine he would play the Patrick Swayze role. Which is, um, I don't know how I feel about this, because I'm, I'm, I'm a massive, massive fan of Roadhouse. It's, it's a terrible film, but I, I love it a bit, and I don't think that has to be has to be done again. So I don't know how I feel about this. Um I mean, I'm actually all for making shit films again with premise. A film with okay premise that's not very good, rather than make... Like, I don't want to ever see someone remake The Thing, for example, again, mm. because I think Carpenter pretty much nailed it. Yeah, got it. Yeah. The original Thing was also brilliant as well. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Great films don't need to be remade. But yeah. Roadhouse, I think people remember it nostalgically a lot more than actually what it was, because it's not a very good film. I know, but, but it's great. But it hits the nostalgia buttons, but you could probably make a good film out of it. There's probably a premise to make a good film. Gillen Holder? He's not Swayze, though. I'm intrigued. It is. It's um, Doug Lyman is um, directing it, apparently. Yeah. Um, and then <coughs> the, Sam Elliott, the Sam Elliott part. Who the fuck did you get to play Sam Elliott? You know I mean? Sam Elliott, I suppose. Bring right? Sam Elliott, yeah. yeah you know McConaughey, bring in McConaughey. Oh, quite possibly. Quite, quite possibly. That's maybe a show, actually. Yeah, yeah I, but, um, but it's Dick Cassavetes is, is um, writing it, strangely. Yeah, a bit he, interesting. He used to wrote My Sister's Keeper. <laughs> Which I don't think I've seen or particularly want to know. You also um, wrote the film. But yeah, weird one. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Sorry, so six yeah, I'm actually okay, okay with remaking bad films. For example, I mentioned, I'm going to go over the top, the arm wrestling film, right? Mm. That's like a, there is a, you could make a film a better film with that premise. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I even think something as dumb as Top Gun, you make a better film, they kind of did with Maverick, I've yeah. called to most people. But there's nothing, what you remember is nostalgically, does it make it good? Do you know? You know what I mean? I know what you mean, but I like Roadhouse, I think it's... No, yeah. I get I it. it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, apparently they want to do another Twister movie, like sort of bring the characters oh. back to Twister. And I fucking love Twister, but everyone yeah. that I know told me Twister's a bad film, but I love Twister. Twister's a great film, it's not a bad film. Yeah. It, no. Other people don't like it, they think it's not a particularly great film. I think it's a great movie, I don't want yeah. to see a remake of it, I don't think you ever need to do it. It's, it just hits that sweet spot, so like, you know, from my genre, like, you know, things like Volcano yeah. and Dante's Peak and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really need to be remade. But there's a premise there you can find. Find bad films with good ideas. Yeah, un- un- unrealised yeah. ideas. That, that to me is more yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope that's what this is and they don't just yeah. go and fuck up Roadhouse again. So we'll, we'll see. Who are you getting to the guitarist then? Who would be your guitarist of choice? Oh, I don't think there is any because he's dead now, isn't he? Yes, well, Jeff 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 is dead. by like a week. Did you? Oh, I was in yeah. Australia and he died when I was away. Um, I don't think they'll go blind now. I think no. they'll just bring in some fucking whoever's current. It'll be, it'll be like a. Spin Doctors or some shit no. like that. Why is... Fuck off, I like the Spin Doctors. I like the Spin Doctors. I don't be in a bad way. I mean, that's... You know, no, it'll be something like... It'll be like a, a damsel. Like a, like a sort of like... Almost like a Michelle Pfeiffer in Baker Boys. It'll be kind of thing like that who'll be in it. You think so? Yeah. Or even something like a almost like burlesque type Christina Aguilera that kind of level. Or... Like, like, like a doll. Like a damsel doll. Or Andre 3000. Yeah, Andre could do that. You could see him. Yeah, totally. No, it'll be. I could see it more likely being like sort of um, the woman, the girl, the woman, the actress is in um, that film with the hotel, which she sings. I can't, I can't remember the actress's name. 
remember that film? It was one with um, Hemsworth playing basically Manson. Oh yeah, yeah, bad, uh, bad, bad times or whatever it was called. Bad times at the El Royale. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, Hello, he mean. But then, yeah. but then, there's nothing to say it's going to be set in the kind of western stuff for that as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, like, but I just think if you're looking for, when you're looking for the character of the singer, I don't think it'll be um, the, the 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 guitarist. That was sort of like cool at the time. The blues thing was cool at the time. Yeah. I think it's more to be Cynthia Revo is a woman's name whose name I couldn't remember from that film who sings. It'll be, it'll be a character like that. Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Beats. That's that there kind of, you a go. sassy. Yeah. Sort of like feisty, like sort of like, you know, singing, you know, whatever. Like what a think. strong modern female character. Yes. Hopefully that's what it'll be. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. But yeah. It won't. It'll be just, shaking her ass or something. Don't fuck it up. Just don't, don't. Don't fuck up right. house for me, please. On from that, Colsey, when we want to film, you saw about a couple of, about a month ago, I've only just yeah. seen it recently, <coughs> and that is Empire of Light. Yes, yes. Written yes, by yes. Sam Mendes, Britain's own, um, who recently written 1917 and got a lot of praise for that. Yeah. Um, also done Spectre and Skyfall and the Bond um, pantheon. Um, Jarhead as well, American Beauty, and my one of my favourites is Road to Perdition. I think it's a, a wonderful... Uh, he's, he's got a, a, a decent... Back catalogue is Mr. Mendes. He's Jarhead's always really surprised. I can't believe that was he done Jarhead though. That's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. to me. But Jarhead's quite it's quite subdued and chatty, but it's not like it it's not a full out war movie. Do you know what I mean it is like all very much fucking in the head? Yeah, well, no, yeah. I, I get it now, but it just seems to me that stands yeah. out. Um, anyway, the plot of this film is it's set in, like, in the 1980s down in the south south coast, like Margate is where it's set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a woman who works in the cinema. Um, she clearly troubled, she's maybe having some issues, you know, does seem quite a lonely character. Mm. Yeah, she's sad. Yeah. By this. She's having an affair, essentially, with the, the manager until it's, it's almost, it's an affair, it's also a wee bit of like, yeah, position of power he's using to solve. Not sort of, an affair, yeah, it's yeah. abuse of power. Yeah. Abuse of power, Weinstein, yeah. A wee bit, yeah. Um, but a, a new employee starts at the cinema, and they strike up a rapport, and it seems yeah. to bring her out of shell, um, but equally at the same time, it brings her out of shell, she starts to think she's maybe better, and because of that, she sort of relapses into a sort of a schizophrenia that she's got. Yeah. She's got yeah. And the story sort of following people, her life and people reacting to that. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a personal story for men that is based, not, it's not biographical, but it's sort of his mother suffered from similar issues, apparently. Oh, no, okay, sort of, mm. And she worked in a cinema, I think, and he's sort of based it around not one specific incident, but sort of the stuff that he saw within Friends, his mother. Like, yeah, yeah. Was like. So yeah. it's apparently based, uh, sort of, Semi-biographical. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently 1917 he'd done for his grandfather, because his grandfather... Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, was was in the trenches and stuff, wasn't it? Remember the really good picture? It was like, was it him and Hugh Grant and someone else? Their grandfathers all served in the same trench. There's a picture of them, their grandfathers, all together. Oh, that's quite nice, isn't it? Oh, well, not nice, you know what I mean? No, I think it was like Grant, Mendes, I think Mendes Cinematographer. Not... Maybe it was Deacon's father or something, but it was the three of them that did all that stuff. So it was really, I'll find the picture, really interesting. Yeah. So in this film, we've got Olivia Coleman, uh, she's sort of the central lead. Yeah. Um, the manager hotel is a, or manager of the cinema is Colin Firth. You, no, it's Jones, not, think. it's not Colin, oh, is it? It's not Hugh Bonneville, is it? It's Colin no, Firth. Colin Firth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the actual, it's the real thing. It's not uh, yeah. the budget version. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Mendes doesn't settle for Firth. Fuck, no. Less um, Toby Jones playing the old projectionist. Uh, Michael Ward plays the sort of new employee who comes into the cinema. And uh, you've also got Tom uh, Brooke and Hannah Onslow as well. Um, yeah. You saw it before me. What did you think of this one? I adored this film. I thought mm. it was <coughs> magical. Um, I think the, the, the harshest criticism I read about it was a lot of people saying there's too much going on and, you know, it's, it's not a linear story and it doesn't pull anything together. And it's like, I got it, man. I thought it was quite a kind of linear story. I could follow. I didn't think there was too much going on at all, and I thought it all everything kind of led to the conclusion in a mm-hmm. tidy, tidy way. Um, performances in it were absolutely outstanding. Coleman was, I guess, is her best performance possibly. Um, she's done this type of performance before, but I think this is the best she's done it. Triana saw. I thought it was her best performance. I think she's better than this. Um, right. Yeah, I think she was just totally top of the game with this one. Just complete. Mm-hmm. Let's see, she is. She's not stepping out 
of, of any of his still before, you know, she's definitely herself within her character comfort zone. Being Olivia Coleman, yeah. Oh yeah, she's just top of her game. Um, Toby was great in it as well. He was lovely, we yes. We don't see enough of Toby. It's nice to see him getting a bit of time. Do you know what I mean? He just played this wee, like, kind of sad, lonely character, do you know what I mean? But as he unfolds, you kind of love him Working more and more. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? By the end, you're like, oh, Toby, I love you. Um, do you know what I mean? It's great. But no, performances were, were absolutely stunning, and they just carry you along. I think you invest in each and every character. Um, and obviously, Roger, Roger Deakins, the whole thing just looks sumptuous. Absolutely. It, it just... Every shot's just oozing fucking perfection. What did you think? <laughs> well, I'll start with my main pause. Like, like you said, Deacons and Mendes together, they do make a film look wonderful. Like Deacons yeah. doesn't shoot a bad film. Yeah. Sam Mendes also a very um, talented man behind the camera. He knows how to, you know, he knows how to make a shot look. Yeah. In the film itself, production design, everything looked great. It looked, it felt of. I, I don't remember the eighties, this this eighties, but it felt like it was of the era. I don't know you. No, it, it was. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it kind of. I was like, no, that's how I remember the eighties. Yeah. Aye. So. Yeah. I feel like it, it got a sense of place and time really well, and, and it, it, I felt involved in that world. Um, like you said, Olivia Coleman is wonderful. She's a great yeah. actress. Um, and it's not a role. She's not breaking it. I've seen her this thing you're saying that she's done this all before. Yeah. Yes, she has, and she's always very good in it, and she's also very good in this again. Um Colin Firth plays he's been playing nasty recently, hasn't he? He has. He seems to have turned his hand to playing these sleazy or horrible uh, just fucking bastard characters and Don't know if I needed to see Colin Firth getting wanked off. I don't really know if I needed to see that. I know. And it's it's not something you need to see, but but then he does play sleazy well, doesn't he? Does, he yeah, it wasn't Paddington. Pinton two, it was, wasn't it? He played. Yeah. Yeah. No, not yeah. my Pinton two. It was um, Mary Poppins. Yeah, he was. That's right. Yeah. Mary Poppins returns. He's just yeah, he's good at his roles, and it's good that he is. You know, he's stepping out of the the, the, the kind of staunch British gentleman kind of role. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, Toby Jones and the rest of the sort of the backing cast, I thought were very good. They didn't always have a lot to do, but there's nice few moments. Each yeah. Of them, so it was enough there. Michael Ward playing the the um the new recruit. I thought he was very good, yeah. although it does edge more than it should into the the magical black man syndrome a little bit. You know, there's so. another word that you used to describe that, you know, but it's, yeah. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, she's in trouble. This mystical otherworldly figure comes into her life and all of a sudden things get better. You know, it's that Legend of Bagger Vance thing you see a lot in old films as well. I get you. I think it doesn't. It, it most of the part it stays away from it. I won't yeah. deny that, but it does creep into it a few times, especially with the buds and things like that. It sort of it does get into I that. I thought that was world. weird. I never really kind of put my finger on it, but yeah, that bit I was like, that's just fucking strange. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's not. It's not. I wouldn't say it's a racist film in any way. I'm not saying yeah. that. Yeah. But there's definitely he's playing to a trope that you've seen before, and it's maybe it left me in a world now where we sort of maybe notice these things more, and we're sort of more aware of them, and we're sort of led to notice them by reading film discourse and things like that. Yeah. It felt a little bit too much of a throwback going, that's been done before, and it didn't feel right watching it again, if that if that's how you mean, if yeah. that makes sense. I never really got that. Um, mm. I just thought it was trying to highlight racism in the 80s, and obviously that's the vehicle to... No, that, that stuff it yeah. did. That stuff it did. It was just more the fact that she's down the dump. She's a sad, lonely woman. And it takes this, like, mystical figure to come into her life. And he's sort of, like, the exotic, yeah. quote-unquote, you know, that's the sort of yeah. idea, it, which is something done a lot in films in the 60s and 70s, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, this sort of otherworldly figure. And the only thing that makes it otherworldly is they're all white, he's black, therefore yeah. he's, that's what... And it, it felt... It, it wasn't... Overt that way, but it just it felt like it tiptoed into that a little bit uh, for me. Cool. Um, cool, you would, yeah. There's a lot of lines in it, but unfortunately, particularly from Toby Jones, I would say, that's not his fault. He's delivering the lines perfectly. He's Toby Jones. That they're trying to be profound and yeah. they're trying to really hit home, but it feels far too constructed to bring that sincerity out and bring that and heart. That it feels story. written. It feels written. It doesn't feel yeah. real. What he's saying yeah. doesn't. It feels scripted, whereas. When you hear it out the mouth of like a character in a Spielberg film or even like a Cameron Crowe film, it, it feels real. It feels lived in. It feels believable. Yeah. They feel. <coughs> I get the point. Mendes loves film, yeah. and he's trying to get that point across. And that character is a person who does love film. From what yeah. I get, he, yeah, so, yeah. But 
it was a whole um the you talk about twenty four frames a second scene. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very constructed. It felt I, read, I could tell I was reading a script at that point. Yeah. So that'd be a bit, oh. the profoundness of it was there, but it just it felt like I was trying to be shown profoundness as opposed the, to the delivery it. wasn't there. No, the delivery was, no, there's nothing wrong with Toby Jones's delivery yeah. of it, but the words just felt it felt scripted and it felt yeah. unreal. Um, but there's moments of something that's very very good. And it's very moving. It's very emotional. Yeah. Um, like she gets up on stage and reads the poem. It's like, oh my oh, god, it's heartbreaking. The bit in the beach is horrible. Beach is horrible as well. Snaps, you know, I mean, that, that turn yeah. that she does, man, you're like, oh, I, that, that's an nerve I mean, like, I don't, I don't like it at all. Yeah. And I think people who have maybe had family members who have suffered from mental health issues, it can be quite, probably quite a triggering film because you do see that. Yeah. The highs to the lows, quite. Yeah. Quite obviously. So there's a lot in it to really enjoy. There is definitely a real. It's definitely not a bad film, yeah. but it just it felt like it was trying to maybe. I get where people. I think it's a linear story, like you're saying, but yeah. it ended up trying to do too much at times with bringing the racial sort of like um, backstory that was in. You know, you only see a couple of glimpses of it, and it's never yeah. really fully developed. That you know what Britain was like in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, and then you also get the story of like her possible affair. Like abuse of power with the manager. Yeah. Her schizophrenia. The whole it's, cinema thing's in there as well. As well, yeah. it feels there's like, there's like four or five strands of a film there that never yeah. really pulled together to make a proper conclusion for me. I don't know. I, I don't know. I maybe just kind of got to it and I just didn't make it myself, maybe. So, <laughs> but no, that's what people are saying. What you're saying is it's just all these bits, do you know what I mean, that don't quite gel. But I don't know. That's kind of towards the end, I was like, yeah. I'm, it's by no means it's not a bad film. It's yeah. like it's an enjoyable film, but I can see why. Like originally touted for like this could be a film that would bring Oscar buzz and all that kind of stuff because of like, who's in it and who's involved yeah. in it and stuff. And I can see why it's kind of slunk away. Think so. Cool. Yeah. Deacon, who's Deacon's and is it costumes? Maybe that's up for Oscars. I can for see that. One? Yeah, I can see that. I think, I think it got two nominations. Yeah. Yeah. But I can yeah. see. I can see why it slunk away. I can see. Unfortunately, I think Lydia Cole was a bit in that sort of um, like Denzel world actually right now, where people just expect her to be good. Therefore, when she's good, people just go, oh, "That's what she does." Like yeah. you, don't, you, you don't see how good she is. She, yeah, because you're like you're always yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. To do something, she's going to have to fucking yeah, or die on stage or something to fucking get attention. Do you know what and I mean? that's a, yeah. it's almost a bit of a shame that like, you're so good at what you do that no one else you're not you can't really be nominated every month every time because it'd be unfair to everyone else. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. Yeah. That makes sense so, as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would give it a six out of ten. I think I gave it a nine. I think. Wow, you really uh, enjoyed it a lot. Eight, more eight or a nine, I gave it. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. totally dug it. I just, I think I was just, I think I'm mainly aiming to see when we finished working and stuff for that. So it was end of a long day, and we just kind of sat and just melted into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of drew us into the, that we wanted for a wee bit. As well, you know, for a film, I would expect, I would expect to be a long film. Like it's, a, it's like an hour and fifty. It, yeah. It's economical with storytelling, which I thought was impressive. Ah, it doesn't labour. It doesn't. It doesn't mm. labour at all. It's a slight sag in the middle, but that's. Yeah, but it yeah. easily could have been a film you'd expect like a two, two and a half hour runtime. Aye, aye, aye. <coughs> a kind of lesser competent director would have just kept the left, yeah. left a stuff in there that was like, no, you don't, you don't need that. Yeah. But no, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Just didn't love it, and I think I could see a lot of flaws. I can I, that really sort of didn't. Coalesce for me. Yeah. Um, so this week's this week's film of the week is Puss and Boots. Puss and Boots. Puss and Boots might possibly be on the film of the year, Colin. You know, oh. I'm giving it seven and a half right now, but in, in weeks to come, if I rewatch that film, it could end up being a ten out of ten. It could could jump up there. Um, yes. I, I'll, right, I, I will try and get to see it. Maybe at the weekends yes. for the kids. Kids will love it. You'll love it. And like I said, Apocalypse Now, but holy shit! Like honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you're so sorry. I shall go see it for yes. sure. Next week, we've got some interesting stuff out, calls. So we've got The Whale and Knock at the Cabin still at the cinema, so I'm going to try and see one or both of them so we can talk about them at length. Yep. Um, one, for some reason, the good lady's very excited about the cinema this month, um, or this week, because Magic Mike's Last Dance is out. Which I've seen the trailer for, and I'm like, I don't know. When, it's when I, a rom-com. When I've seen the posters and stuff, I was like, oh my God, like, my heart started beating flutter, and then i seen the trailer, and I was like, mm. Yeah. But it's, it's uh, what's his face that's doing it? Soderbergh's directly, yeah. Yeah, again. But it doesn't seem like his usual. Unless there's some really dark shit in there. If you remember the trailer for the original one, it sold a film basically about just every scene of a strip scene 
and every series would be just guys, and, and that's when we went to see it and ended up getting a Steven Soderbergh film about like masculinity and like sort of yeah. where a man belongs in this world and like sort of you know that kind of it's, it's a real yeah. deep emotional discussion of like like maleness in the in the in the 20th century, 21st century. It's like that's not. What I, I came to see people whipping what the clothes off. Charnum's nipples for goodness yeah, sake. Yeah, which is kind of what the second one was. That's, yeah. kind of, that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. You loved the second one for some reason. I fucking adored it. It was great. So it was brilliant film. Anyway, Magic Mike's last dance is out. So not only have I got to watch, go and see it, but I'm actually looking forward to seeing it because I, I really like um, Tatum and I do like Soderbergh. Yeah. Uh, but the, <coughs> the good wife's insisting that we have to watch the first two before we go and see it. Well, why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I think you should. Let, not you need a reason, but yeah, I yeah. think I think you should. Jill's giving you a reason if you do need one, yeah. which you don't. So, I watch. think I'm probably going to see more of Channing Tatum's body this weekend, and I'll see of my own body. Then he's seen of his own body in the fucking shower. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so they're out of the cinema still. Um, if you look for something on Netflix, there's a film called Your Place or Mine, which is a rom com with um, Reese Witherspoon and. Ashton Kutcher, which seems quite feel-backy, and also yeah. one called We Have a Ghost, which is about a haunted house with David Harbour, and which I'm actually quite looking forward to. Apparently, it's quite good. I do like David Harbour as well. Yeah, so that's it. So those are this week. Uh, Colin, where people find us? You could find us at the number three beers in the movie. We're on. We're still on Twitter. We're still on Twitter as is, for the time being. Until Twitter still on Twitter. Twitter still alive and kicking. <laughs> um, yes, it's fine. I know. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, and there's an email address as well. But. Yes. Don't, we don't care about that. Um, so yeah, look us up in all those places and, and say hello and like us and subscribe to us and leave comments and all that crazy shit you kids do. Do all that. I like it. <laughs> I've been Colin, you've been Richard. And we've been Three Beers in a Movie.